the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Joining me today is Greg Braden, a five-time New York Times best-selling author, researcher, educator, lecturer, and internationally renowned pioneer in bridging modern science, ancient wisdom, and human potential. Greg merges science and the wisdom of our past to reveal solutions to the issues that challenge our lives. His research has led to 12 award-winning books now published in over 40 languages. Greg has presented his discoveries around the world, and he's been invited to speak to the United Nations, Fortune 5 companies and the U.S. military. Welcome, Greg. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Joan. Thank you so much for having me back. And I am absolutely thrilled to have this conversation today because because the last time we spoke was five years ago and so much has happened in five years. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that you've come back on the show because your work, Greg, it is so important. And how did you get started on this journey? Well, you know, Joan, it actually it, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful place where science, uh, spirituality, indigenous wisdom, and human potential, where they all converge because they're all telling us something about ourselves that helps us to, to deal with the everyday world, that helps us to deal with what, what life brings to our doorstep. So, uh, you know, the, the question people ask me often is how I made what they perceive as a, a quantum leap from the, the corporate world where I was working as a, as a scientist and an engineer uh, into the, the kinds of things that we're talking about now. And I have to tell you, Joan, in all honesty, the first time I heard the question, I was surprised because for me it was less of a leap and more of a progression, more of a logical next step. Uh, I was working as a uh, solving crises uh, during the 1970s, the energy crisis, the, the first energy crisis, the 1970s, uh, the Cold War crisis of the 1980s. Uh, I was a software developer uh, developing uh, you know, ways of gathering information uh, in the 1990s. Uh, the communications crisis between different platforms, and, and I was the first technical operations manager with Cisco Systems. So each of those corporate careers uh, led me to understand people, how people think, uh, what people need to hear when new ideas are introduced. And for me, that beautifully laid the foundation for everything that we're doing right now, because we are now in a world in crisis. It's a crisis in consciousness, a crisis in thinking. So I'm still problem solving uh, during times of crisis. It's just on a much larger scale. And where we find ourselves, Joan, the new discoveries, science-based discoveries, peer-reviewed science is what we're going to talk about. So these aren't my hypotheses or, or my theories. I'm talking about rock-solid science that has overturned 150 years of scientific thinking when it comes to us and the way we think about ourselves, the way we solve our problems, the way we think about our relationship to the world, because our world is changing so, so very quickly in ways that we're not prepared for and ways we've never seen. So we've got to think and live differently. And the new discoveries give us the reasons to do just that. 
Well, I think, Greg, that's why I'm so drawn to your work, because I have an analytical type of mind. I like answers. I like science. So you mentioned that we're living in a chaotic world today, and and I couldn't agree more. It it just Mm -hmm. seems like, I don't know, sometimes it seems like we've lost civility. People are attacking each other. They're so angry. What do you think is happening today? Well, I, I can address this. Uh, my, I'm a degreed earth scientist, a, a geologist, so my training uh, leads me to look at the big picture first, looking at, at cycles of time and, and systems of nature and the way they work together. So, you know, if, if we simply tune into the 6 o'clock news, it looks like the world's falling apart at the seams for, for no apparent reason. Uh, and it, it's very easy for us to, to fall into that. But if we step back, Joan, step back, look at the big picture, what we see is we're living a rare convergence of cycles uh, that w- we have never seen in 5,000 years of recorded human history. Uh, some of the cycles we're aware of, some of them were not. One of the cycles, climate, obviously uh, is very much in the public uh, conversation right now. And the fact, and it is a fact that the climate is changing, the fact that the climate's changing in and of itself. If that's all that were happening, that would be enough to change the way we think and the way we live. It changes It changes when we grow our food, how we grow our food, how we share vital resources uh, of food, water, and, and medicine uh, between nations. So if that were all that was happening, that would be enough to change our world and throw us into chaos, but it's not. There's also an economic cycle that is ending, a 66-year-long cycle began in 1949, and if we're not aware of those cycles and the role that the cycles play in economies, and when I talk about economies, Joan, you know, economies can deal with money, but they do not have to. In my explorations of the world, I've been with many indigenous cultures. They have very healthy economies, but there's no money involved. So I'm not saying it's about the money. I'm saying it's about people. Economies are about people and the way we share the vital resources that we rely upon, that we need, uh, food, energy, you know, medicine, water, communications, defense, all those kinds of things. So we are living the close of a 66-year-long economic cycle. Uh, and in addition to all of those things, we are also living a very rare cycle of human conflict. And when I had the opportunity with a dear friend and a colleague of mine, Dr. Bruce Lipton, uh, we were invited to speak at the United Nations uh, not long ago, uh, giving our perspectives of what we see happening in the world, the cycles, the trends, uh, what can we expect in, in the near term, what can we expect in the long term. Uh, and Bruce is a life scientist, me as an earth scientist with a, a strong background in the life sciences. We, we told the story of converging cycles, and when we got to the cycle of, of conflict, it surprised many people in the audience. They had never heard of human conflict happening on a rhythmic or a cyclic basis. Uh, but the studies show very clearly the beginnings and the ends of the great wars uh, of the past, not just in the West, but in the world. They correlate very closely with other natural rhythms and cycles. Uh, the magnetic cycles of the sun, for example, affecting magnetic fields of the earth, magnetic fields of the human heart, and social cohesion. So this is something we don't hear a lot about. The science is, uh, is pretty solid on this. And, and the bottom line is when the magnetic fields are weak, we become more aggressive, less willing to cooperate. When the magnetic fields are strong, just the opposite occurs. And we are moving into uh, a weakening period of magnetics that peaks in the year 2020. So when you put all of these together, uh, it tells us that we are living this very rare convergence of these cycles. But I want to be very clear, when we talk about the cycles of conflict, we're, we're not slaves to those cycles. They create vulnerabilities and susceptibilities, John. But the beauty of what we're talking about here is that they also create the greatest opportunities for peace and cooperation and harmony in society. Because when we understand our, the cycles and our relationship to those cycles, we begin to solve our problems in a much more conscious fashion. And if you look at the, uh, I've got these graphs and charts on the website and, and in the books, you can see that not only has conflict occurred uh, at the beginnings of these cycles and the ends, but also the greatest times of peace, the end of World War One, the end of World War Two, for example, were both precisely uh, at the peak of, of these cycles. So the good news 
is that we are living a time, it is intense, but typically it's brief because these cycles don't last uh, on and on and on. Uh, And when we find ourselves in these cycles, they also present these great opportunities, if we look into the past, for innovation, for creativity, for peace, fashion, music, uh, art, uh, uh, finance, economies. All these things have happened at at the tops and the bottoms of these cycles. So we're very near a peak in the cycle, the year 2020. Uh, And if it follows, as we have in the past, it is a tremendous, a rare, precious, tremendous opportunity for some very, very good things that result from conscious choices. Greg, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, these are things that are not within our control. But then I was remembering something you told me the last time you were on the show, and it it has stuck with me all of these years. That post 9-11, there was such a unity in emotion, Mm -hmm. such a similar emotion around the world that you had said it actually registered on the satellites uh, in outer space, the power of our emotion and our cohesiveness. So if we were to join together to unite and shift the way that most of us are feeling these days, would that have an impact on the cycle? Would it allow a lasting shift to take place? Well, that's a good question, Joan. I, I believe we cannot necessarily control the natural rhythms and cycles. Uh, we definitely can determine how we respond to those cycles. And what we may find is when we begin to respond consciously, we actually influence the cycle itself. So for our, our listeners that may not be familiar with uh, the study that, that you mentioned, what the what the science very clearly showed, um, the magnetic field of the Earth uh, connects all life. Every form of life that we know of is is not only connected but it's influenced through the magnetic fields of of the Earth. And because of that, the fields are tracked very closely by scientists. We have satellites that, that measure the fields, send those measurements back about every every 30 minutes in the northern hemisphere. And it was those satellites that determined, uh, that actually measured within 15 minutes of the first plane hitting the first tower, the World Trade Center, the magnetic fields of the earth began to spike. And scientists believe that it was the combined output from human hearts. So the human heart is the strongest magnetic field generator in the body, the strongest biomagnetic field, about 5,000 times stronger than the brain. And they believe that hundreds of millions of people witnessing the tragedy of 9-11 on their televisions throughout the world. The satellites carried these images all over the world within about 15 minutes, that it was the heart-based outpouring of human emotion that actually coupled with the magnetic field of the planet that we live on, and it increased that field. And this goes back to what we were talking about a few moments ago, when the magnetic fields are high, we become more cooperative, less aggressive. And it appears for a few moments in time, we artificially increased that field. We actually influenced the magnetic fields of our planet. And we did it doing the things that our most ancient and cherished spiritual traditions have always told us was was the key to our survival. We did it not through our minds, um, but it was through our hearts. And there was a heart-based outpouring. Some of it was sadness. Some of it was anger. Uh, some of it was fear, but the key is it was all happening from the human heart. So the question is, can we positively impact that field without having a tragedy to give us a reason to do that? And the answer uh, is yes. And there is the first of its kind science-based project designed to do just that, the science-based initiative from the Institute of Heart Math uh, pioneering research organization in Northern California designed to explore the, the power of the human heart in unconventional ways. And what they have done is to create a project that's called the Global Coherence Initiative. We know that, that personal coherence is good for our bodies. Global coherence is good for our planet. When we come together and we learn to harmonize our heart with the magnetic field of our planet, through positive experiences, positive experiences of gratitude, appreciation, care, compassion, and do it in a very specific way, we find that we actually couple with this magnetic field. And there's an intentional effort to to do that. Uh, right now, it's an ongoing effort. 
And it is a, a very innovative project, John. There, there are sensors that are placed on different continents of the Earth that feed back into the computers in Northern California so they can actually take the readings. And, and there are people that are trained uh, to create this heart. It's called heart-brain coherence or heart-brain harmony. So it's harmonizing the two organs, master organs in the body, the heart and the brain, to create this, this life-affirming field. And the interesting thing to me, it's so fascinating, is that the techniques developed in the laboratory to influence these magnetic fields parallel the techniques that have been preserved in our most ancient uh, indigenous traditions and, and cherished indigenous traditions. So this isn't about religion. It definitely is about spirituality uh, in terms of our relationship to our bodies and the earth. And it brings us full circle, Joan, because here we are, this rare and precious moment in the history of our planet, the convergence of these cycles, when we've got to think and live differently and solve our problems differently. And by following the wisdom of our past, it brings us full circle to influence the very fields that are causing the, the turmoil in, in the world today. So in a very real sense, we're talking about a, a powerful, internal, sophisticated technology that we're only beginning to understand. And it's a very, very different way of thinking, uh, certainly from when I was in school back in the in 1950s, 60s, and, and 70s. So, Greg, understanding all of what you just explained, what can each one of us do to work together collectively for the better good? When we begin to understand the deepest truths of our existence, we are steeped in a story, Joan, of who we are, where we come from, and perhaps more importantly, what our capabilities or what we've been told our limitations are. We are steeped in the story of, of limitations. What we now know is that nature is not based upon survival of the strongest, that nature is actually based upon cooperation and what biologists call mutual aid. The more we understand, the better we know ourselves, John, the less we fear change in the world. The better we know ourselves, the less we fear other people. And we are being globalized. We're merging together cultures and religions and in the ways of thinking, the ways that men think about women and the way that women think about men. All of that is being merged in a way we've never seen. And we're being asked to embrace that, that merging through an obsolete belief and an obsolete way of thinking. It's simply not working. So as we allow ourselves to embrace what the best science of the 21st century is saying to us uh, and honor the science without the encumbrances of, of politics or corporations or you know political agendas or religious agendas, if we let the science tell the story of who we are, it gives us the reasons to change the way we think about ourselves, and it gives us new ways to think and solve our, our problems. So I think the better we know ourselves, the less we fear one another, and, and perhaps most importantly, Joan, the better we know ourselves, the less we fear ourselves, the less we fear the potential, the extraordinary potential within each of us that we have been led to believe does not exist. And this is the potential uh, that I'm referring to when I talk about self-regulation. So we now know that we are wired, wired for self-regulation. We're the only form of life that can consciously strengthen our immune system on demand because we choose to do so, to, to awaken our longevity enzymes in every cell in our body to heal at the cellular level because we choose to do so. We're the only form of life that can create resilience to the change in the world around us when we choose to do that. We're the only form of life that can consciously create states of super learning, super memory, super cognition, and much, much more. And these are just examples of what the new discoveries are telling us when we embrace the science and let go of the old story of limitation. So I, I think when you ask, you know, what is it that can people do? My experience with groups, audiences throughout the world is when the facts are clear, our choices become obvious. When the facts are clear, we are generally a well-educated population. So we understand what our potential and what our capabilities are in our relationship to the earth and these cycles. Then it makes sense. We, we know what to do. And that's when the choices become obvious. And that is very different than 
uh, being forced to make choices for no apparent reason, which is what a lot of what's happening now. And, it, and there's a lot of resistance that doesn't work very well. It all comes back to what we know to be true about ourselves. It's about heart-based communication. It's about mindfulness in our everyday lives, a very popular word today. And it's about honoring our relationship to our bodies and to one another. And there, everyone learns differently, Joan. So there's so many different pathways to do precisely what we're talking about, but they are leading to the same goal. And the same goal, again, is the better we know ourselves, the better equipped we are to, to thrive, not just survive, but thrive in a really healthy way in this new world that's emerging. Greg, I've been doing this work now for almost a decade, and from the time when I began until now, I've seen a shift. I mean, I'm blessed to work with leaders in the world, no matter what their area of expertise. And and I have to agree with what you said. I, I'm finding that people are, that, that old, you know, survival of the fittest, eat or be eaten mentality, that's shifting away. And people are going more toward the mutually beneficial way of doing things, win-win situations, working together, collaborating. Sure, sure. I've seen that shift. And, and I hope that that, that that actually goes out further into the world and that we continue doing it because it, it really is a better way to live, a better way to work, and it's a better way to exist with other people in this world. You know, Joan, for um, our listeners who are not blessed uh, to travel beyond the borders of this big, beautiful country that we live in, and this this is an awesome country that we live in right now, uh, but I do travel internationally uh, quite a bit. I've just come back from Eastern Europe. And the things that we're talking about now is different, uh, as different of a way of thinking as they are, and they're very different from what we have been taught in mainstream public education, very different from what our societies have, have led us to believe. What I want our, our listeners to know is that there is a tremendous openness and a willingness to embrace these ideas, in some cases, more so outside of the United States, even then inside the United States. Uh, U.S. Is, is going through a difficult time right now, a lot of self-examination, uh, introspection, uh, a lot of old ideas are being questioned. And, you know, this, this is all part of it. So this is where I think we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to ourselves to embrace what new discoveries are showing us. And we owe it to ourselves to draw from whatever source of information is truthful, factual, and honest. Because we're living this, this rare convergence uh, that we, we don't have a guidebook. We don't have a manual telling us what to do right now. So I keep coming back. When we understand the deep truths of our existence, what we see is we are wired. We're literally wired for times just like we're living now. We're, we're wired for resilience. We're wired for change. We're wired for rejuvenation, for regeneration. And when we begin to embrace these ideas, uh, as well as accept that there is a new world that is emerging, then we begin to think more sustainably. Uh, on a global level, and personally, we become more resilient to what's happening in our families, what's happening in the workplaces, and what's happening within our own bodies. And it all comes back to this relationship that we have with, with the heart. So what we now know is, is the brain, we were taught, is the master organ in the body. We know how important the brain is, but now we know the heart is where the instructions come from, largely, that tell the brain what to do. So the heart is communicating with the brain to send the chemistry in the body, the healing chemistry or the stress chemistry. And the heart receives those instructions from our perceptions. How do we feel about the world? What, how, what is our sense of well-being? Uh, how do we feel about the changes in the world? And this is where the new discoveries are so powerful because we are self-referencing beings. The better we know ourselves, the less we hinge our well-being on our external world. So, uh, again, we're covering a lot of ground, but we're tying this all together because we, we live, we don't live in a vacuum. We live in a big world, a lot of things happening. And, and the better we know ourselves, the better equipped we are to embrace all of that change in a really healthy way. So I, I think that's the key to everything we're saying here today, John. Today's guest has been Greg Braden. If you would like to get more information about Greg and his work, you can visit gregbraden.com. That's G-R-E-G-G, -G, gregbraden.com. 
Craig, thank you so much for coming back on the show and for sharing this really important information. As you said, the world is changing, but if we embrace the new discoveries, we can create exciting opportunities. So thank you for being here and for giving us hope. Uh, Joan, thank you so much for your program and for sharing this uh, information. It's it's hard sometimes for people to know where to get this kind of information. So thank you for being a conduit of good news and, and new discoveries. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Soul by Rain is produced from various seed flowers. Its primary ingredients hail from the black cumin seed and the black raspberry seed. These two combine to provide a powerful antioxidant barrier against the devastating effects of stress. Soul by Rain has been hailed as one of the most important anti-aging antioxidants ever discovered. Soul is an anti-inflammatory and it helps prevent and repair radical damages for a healthier heart. Get your soul by calling your rain partner, Elmina Ziza, at 973 973- 723-722-1154. Calm, vitality, mindfulness. We all want them, but they seem so hard to attain. Escape the stress and frenzy of the city streets. New York Open Center offers courses, trainings, and a vibrant community to help you start your journey for a more balanced and healthy life. Visit our website at opencenter.org for more information. Stop by our cafe and bookstore for all your wellness needs. Find your center at 30th and Madison. Are you a good communicator? Did you know there are clear ways to connect and disconnect with others based on how you communicate? With a little awareness on this subject, you can improve your life. Hi, I'm Lori Gardner, registered nurse, patient advocate, and board-certified health and wellness coach. I am the CEO and founder of HealthLink Advocates, a firm dedicated to assisting people navigate our very complex and confusing healthcare system. We also provide coaching to individuals that want to improve their health and well-being. Dr. Dan Siegel notes that a pathway to a good connection with others involves exploring, understanding, and learning. A pathway to disconnection involves interrogation, judgment, and the tendency to fix. Science now substantiates what we've known for a long time. The brain, the mind, and relationships are intimately connected to the point that we can no longer adequately discuss one without the other. We know that those who are best connected with others are the happiest. How we connect is rooted in how conscious we are when we communicate. It is important to be truthful and compassionate in how you communicate. When communication is carefully guarded, we are being dishonest. The result is that our interactions with other people become dry and meaningless. Cocktail party chatter is not bad, but is generally not all that nourishing. The dishonesty of repressing real feelings isn't bad in itself, but it robs us of energy. Sharing ourselves honestly with another offers both them and us a real gift, a gift of energy and connection. If you need a health and wellness coach to partner with you, please contact us at healthlinkadvocates.com. What if there were a way to know at a glance what you had to do, where you had to be, where to find something, where to put it back when you're done, even who left their wet towel on the floor again? There is, and that's color coding. Hi, I'm Gail Gruenberg, CPOCD, Chief Executive Organizer of Let's Get Organized. As a professional organizing firm, we help clients organize their lives as well as their homes. Color coding is my favorite organizing technique. I use it every day in my personal and business lives, and I recommend it to all of my clients. I suggest using color to organize everything. Here are just a few ideas. In closets and drawers, arrange clothes in rainbow order. Assign a pen collar to each family member and record everyone's schedules on the wall calendar in the kitchen or assign each member a different color calendar in Google or iCal. In a file system, use different colored folders for categories of information like green for financial and red for health. 
color coding is visually appealing and easy to implement. It saves time, energy, frustration, and confusion. It makes us feel calm and in control, which lowers our stress levels. Need some help with creating color-coded systems? Call me, Gail Gruenberg, at 201-364-6833 or visit my website at lgorganized.com. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. This is WNYM, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. The start of a new year symbolizes renewal. We make resolutions about the things we want to change, but by this time, many of those resolutions have been dropped, like the ball in Times Square. And when that happens, we feel discouraged, defeated, and frustrated. According to today's guest, lifestyle expert Raina Saitel, creating and sustaining good habits doesn't have to be difficult and painful. She believes it can be fun. Rain is here to share ways we can make small steps to achieve big goals. Rain is an Emmy award-winning journalist who hosts segments on NBC's New York Live, as well as on CNN and WPIX-TV in New York. Welcome, Raina. Thanks for joining us. Joan, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Raina, thank you so much for joining us because, as I said in the introduction, by this time of year, many people have really dropped the ball. What do you say to those who have made all of those resolutions at the start of the year, but by now have slipped back into old patterns and are feeling pretty frustrated? I say, forget about that. (laughs) I say, turn the page and start fresh. And I think what's important is why so many people probably you know, lose those resolutions quickly is because they make too many lofty goals. Like I'm going to, you know, exercise three times um, every day, you know, or I'm going to run a marathon within the month or something like that, which is unattainable, really, and unrealistic. So I like to think of resolutions as intentions. And I think it's a much more attainable way to look at these things. So what do really think about what do I intend to accomplish this year? And how am I going to do that? So the first thing is making small, realistic, attainable goals. So if you do want to run, uh, start running, right? But start with walking first and then improve upon that. The other thing I like to think about is phoning a friend. So get a buddy who will hold you accountable because accountability is key. An exercise buddy or somebody you can check in with and say, hey, how'd you do on that diet this week? Where are you at? So real accountability. And then finally, use your apps on your cell phones to help you. Great for tracking steps, tracking your sleep. Also wonderful if you're in an office, set that timer super easy. Get up and stretch on the hour. Just little things to kind of improve your, you know, improve the year so far. And then once you're on a roll, you increase those things. It's sort of like you feel good about yourself, so it's easier then to make greater goals. And I agree with you, Raina, because I'm just as guilty you know, the new year rolls around and, and like you said, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to stop working earlier. We create so many things. We put so much pressure on ourselves that you're bound to fall back into old patterns. It's very difficult to overhaul your life overnight. Yes, absolutely. And like you said, you know, I'm going to leave work early or I'm going to lose weight. Those things are great in theory, but but you see there are no details there. How are you going to do that? Are you going to leave every Tuesday early from work? You know, little tiny details make all of the difference because once you achieve that, you say, oh, I did that, and I feel good about that. I can check that off. And the other thing we like to think about when it comes to, you know, 2019 and the new year every year is diet and exercise, right? Those are two big whammies, losing weight, eating better. Well, what does that mean and how do you get there? So today we're talking about ways in which to help us 
just do just that. So if it's incorporating one vegetable a month, if you're not a vegetable eater, do that and see how it goes. So, Rainy, your work is all about living well and, and having a, a great lifestyle. So very quickly, before we run out of time, can you give us a few additional strategies that can help us look and feel our best? Sure. Um, you know, I think the truth is, for me, I feel so much better when I sleep. <laughs> and my son knows this because this is my mantra to him and, and to everybody. I think sleep is a number one, honestly, and it helps regulate your weight and it helps regulate your, your attitude and all of that. Another thing that we implement in my family are meditation apps. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I could meditate for an hour in a corner. I can't. So, But I do think it's really important to try and center that mind. So what I do is I download an app and I listen for five minutes. And if I'm feeling like I want a productivity uh, meditation or creative meditation or kindness meditation, you can customize the meditations to suit your needs. Great to bring the family together. And again, it's only five minutes. And then you build on from there. Brenda, thank you so much for joining us today and for giving us some quick tips that can help us live our best life in 2019. Joan, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Is your child struggling to get a breakthrough on the critical reading section of a standardized test? Hi, I'm Scott Doty, master educator, performance coach, and founder of Brainstorm Tutoring and Arts, an elite network of professional academic mentors and test prep and admission coaches. Many young people spend more time on social media than they do reading books, so that they do not have the skills and vocabulary that come with consistent reading. What to do? First, get your child reading. It can be Rolling Stone, it can be biographies, dystopian novels, murder mysteries, Roald Dahl, whatever. But set an expectation of 25 minutes a day of reading over months, this will make a difference. But let's say you only have a week to get ready for the big test. What are some quick test hacks? Today I'll give you one of my favorites. It's called externalizing. Now the number one issue for students on test day is boredom. They lose focus because the passages are so boring. Their eyes move along the passage, but their brains just don't register the information. To combat that issue, I have my students do two forms of externalizing. They move their lips and read the passage under their breath, and they annotate, which means they underline and circle constantly. Not as a way to find clues, but just as a mechanism to stay focused on the page. Our brains only stay truly engaged when we produce something with our actions, not when we receive as we do when we read normally. Teach your child to externalize energetically during test day and watch those scores jump up. If you'd like to connect with me or learn more about Brainstorm, feel free to check out stormthetest.com. Everybody loves a good story, right? With Instagram stories, you can tell your business story. Hi, I'm Patricia Singer of Follow Me Social Media Consulting. We work with small and mid-sized businesses to help them with their presence on the various social media platforms. Individual posts on Instagram are always great. Creating a story around your business, your day, or your products or services can also be a compelling way to show people what your company is all about. Just like a book, your story should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Instead of words, your story is told by pictures. Are you at an event? Create a story showing the setup of your booth or table, your team meeting with potential customers and clients, behind-the-scenes pictures of things that happened throughout the day, and how your day ended. Keep your stories fun and interesting, and people will come back for more. Remember, Facebook also has stories, too. If you would like more information, go to besttofollowme.com. Today is Shira Adler, a recognized expert in the CBD industry. Shira is the founder and CEO of Shira Synergy, a holistic CBD company that merges ancient wellness with modern science. She's here today to discuss the ABCs of CBD. Welcome, Shira. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be here. So, Shira, CBD is a hot topic today, and there's a lot of confusion about what CBD is and if it's the same thing as THC. Can you explain what those letters really mean and if there are any differences between them? 
I understand the confusion very well. And I think when we think of CBD or any cannabinoid, we're assuming we're talking about pot. And the cannabinoid, which is the name of the entire group, that is more famous would be THC, which is the cannabinoid that causes euphoria, the actual high. CBD is actually the opposite. It not only does not cause any euphoria, it actually is now being used to treat people with addiction issues. Okay, so you just mentioned using it to treat addiction issues. In addition to that, who can benefit from the use of CBD? What kinds of diagnoses is CBD and or THC already being used for? Cannabis is the name of a plant species, and there are two different versions, or almost sister plants, if you would, two different cultivars. There's the cannabis side, which does have higher naturally occurring THC in it, and there's the hemp side, which has, by nature and by law, has to have less than 0.3% THC growing in the plant. But when you use THC and CBD and all of the other cannabinoids, you actually are getting the full spectrum of what the plant medicine and the ancient wisdom is supposed to be used for. So it's showing in research to be highly effective on everything from all of the mental health disorders and states of disease, anxiety and depression, PTSD, bipolar, remarkable. There's even cutting edge research about using full spectrum cannabis oil to treat autism. And also we have all the gastrointestinal, we have MS and fibromyalgia and IBS, Crohn's, colitis, Alzheimer's, dementia. It's uh, showing to be neuroprotective. Shira, what is the science saying? What are the risks that are associated with the use of CBD? Really, so far we're seeing unbelievable amounts of positive benefits with almost no negative benefits. Uh, in terms of, you know, when you take a plant medicine or any medicine, even if it's a natural herb like kava kava or St. John's wort, you want to watch for contraindications, right? Things that maybe wouldn't mix naturally well. So even if it's something from nature, you should always trust your gut instinct, do your research, do your due diligence, know and become your best advocate and work with your healthcare practitioners. And make sure more than anything else, what you're taking, using, ingesting is very clean, very pure. And believe it or not, that's not so easy as it sounds mm -hmm. because this is a new industry. We don't have a lot of standardization and regulations yet. We're working on that. Sure. Is CBD as a healing ingredient something new? It, it seems like there's this new buzz, but has this been used in the past? That's what's so funny about it. Everything new is really something old again, isn't it? It's true. Uh, it's true. I mean, it's, it's the way of the world. You know, when you look back at the history of cannabinoids, we're talking about a plant species that has been used for sacramental, for medicinal, for textile use. We've been using these plants since the beginning of time successfully. Shira's new book is The ABCs of CBD, The Essential Guide for Parents and Regular Folks Too. If you'd like to get more information about this topic or about Shira and her work, you can visit shiraadler.com. That's S-H-I-R-A-A-D-L-E-R.com. Shira, thank you so much for joining us. Like you said, things that are old become new again, and this is an exciting area to watch. So thank you for sharing with us. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's an honor. We'll be right back. After the busyness of autumn's steady stream of holidays, the quiet chill of January slips in like stillness itself. This quieter time is a perfect excuse to slow down and chill out. Hi, I'm Susan Greif, speaker, author, a creative arts interpreter, and founder of Art Men's Hearts. I harness the power of creative expressions to help my clients release old stuck energies that keeps them feeling panicked, powerless, paralyzed, and in pain. Winter is a time for cherishing the warmth of home and hearth. If the urge to hibernate seems tempting to you as well, it could actually be a very empowering option as long as you know yourself well enough to make sure this slower pace doesn't tip over into apathy or malaise. I recommend using a daily three-step practice to take best advantage of the season's natural energetic pause. One, take five minutes each day to reflect on what matters most for the coming year. Write down your top priority in each of three important areas of your life. Two, practice mindfulness appreciation of winter's beauty. Be thankful for the gifts of this time in the cocoon, knowing you're storing up energy to use once the weather warms up. Three, visualize yourself as a butterfly in that cocoon, growing strong wings to help you soar when it's time to emerge. Visit artmansheartscom to discover more ideas for savoring this time and empowering yourself for an inspiring year ahead. 
When you're having a conversation in relationship and it's somewhat controversial, you probably want to be heard and be right. Quite often that's what we want. And so we're maybe a little defensive, but is that right? Or do we want a result? The result being we'd like to get along. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, Quality for Life Coaching. And they are two different things, getting along versus being heard and being right. See, because being heard and right is our defense, then that connects to our ego. But ego's not really going to get you that far. If you want a result, then you're going to want to work with humility and truth. So if you've got a difference of opinion, I mean, for me, I'll quickly look for a reason to say I'm sorry. And it has to be true. If I don't know what I've done yet, then I will say, I'm sorry you're hurting. I've done something wrong here because you're hurting. But let's talk further so we can figure this out. And you don't want to talk at someone by saying you this and you that because people just shut their ears. You want to use words like we and use words like experience. I'm having this experience. I know your experience is different. There isn't a right or wrong. There's just different experiences going on here. So we just need to talk it through and land somewhere that feels really good for both of us. So you want to do a lot of that non-heated conversation so that you can both feel good, but nobody is charging at another person. It's not being heard and right. It's just working toward the positive result. Lindsay Levinson, qualityforlifecoaching.com. Look me up. I'd love to talk to you, help you in any way I might be able to. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. to live a happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach on Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Linda Mitchell, a transformational life coach and reinvention expert who helps her clients move through life's challenges and transitions with purpose, passion, and clarity to emerge more powerful, fulfilled, and purposeful. Linda is here today to discuss how to map out a successful year. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Joan. It's great to be here. So, Linda, it's a new year, and this is a time when people are looking forward. They're looking to make changes in their life. What do you believe are the keys to mapping out a successful year, and how does someone go about making it happen? Well, Joan, I believe really strongly that there are three critical keys to mapping out a successful year, whether it's in your business or personal life. And they are, one, a goal, two, a plan of action focused on your why, and three, and most critical, is your mindset. You need a positive success mindset. So how do we make this happen? First, create and write down your goal, and because we all know what we want to do, but here's the part that keeps tripping us up. We don't take the time to focus on our why often enough. It's critical to tap into the why of it all. Get clear on the reason you want to achieve your goal. If you're focusing on the what, the end result, you'll have trouble staying on track when you hit rough patches. Getting clear and focusing on the why you want to achieve your goal will really help you stay motivated. Your why is tied to your cause, your belief, your reason for staying the course. When you're tapped into your why, you're tapped into your true motivation. This is the key. So let's go a little bit further. What do you mean by this? So I can give you an example. Suppose the goal is to lose weight. Focusing on healthy choices is a great start, but things will trip you up. So you need to dig into the why. Ask yourself why you want to lose the weight. Is it because you need to lower your cholesterol or blood pressure? Is it to keep your diabetes in check? Is it to fit into a special outfit and just feel good about yourself. Whatever it is, we must keep tapping into our why. The why will help you come back to your center when you get distracted, discouraged, or disillusioned. And from there, you can keep fine-tuning your strategy and action plan. All right, so let's talk more about the third key, the mindset piece. Yeah, I think this piece is the most important because without it, even the best strategy and the best action plan can easily veer off course. Many of us have a positive can-do attitude. That's a success mindset, and that's a fantastic start. 
But what we really need is to purge our old ways of thinking. First, figure out where you're stuck. And that's not hard. What's keeping you up at night? To use another example, maybe the thoughts keeping you up at night sound something like this. I know things need to change, but I'm scared. I'm not sure what my next steps are. Whatever the situation is, once you've identified these thoughts, the idea is to turn them into a new empowered decision. In this example, perhaps your new empowered decision could be change doesn't have to be hard. I trust each new step will bring me more peace and joy than I have now. So Linda, how do we take this new empowered decision from merely a thought to reality? So your question is so good because you're right. We have to take this new empowered decision, this thought from simply a thought to a true belief because beliefs are really just decisions we keep reinforcing. So how do we do this? It's important to embody your new empowered decision. And the best way to do that is really quite simple but it takes consistency. I suggest focusing on your why and your new empowered decision at least once or twice daily. We all know what we think about comes about. What we focus on expands. So use this universal law and the power of your subconscious mind to help move your thought, your new empowered decision, into reality. We can stop living from our old limiting decisions by reinforcing our new empowered decisions. You can work on your new empowered decision to bring it into reality by focusing on it every single day. Visualization and the power of intention are so transformative. These techniques to help you create new neural pathways in the brain are great. Feel into it. Imagine it already created. See yourself there. Feel what it's like to already have accomplished your goal or intention. Neville Goddard and Wayne Dyer have both said this, that which you feel yourself to be, you are. We can create new thoughts, beliefs, decisions, and habits by using our subconscious mind and focusing not just on the what we want, but on our why we want it. This is such great advice. Thank you so much for joining us, Linda. If you would like to learn more about this topic or Linda and her work, you can visit livinginspiredcoaching.com. And as always, to hear more from Linda, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Linda. At highway speeds, the average text takes your eyes off the road for about five seconds. That's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Stop texts, stoprex.org. That's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Conversations with Joan, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.